Welcome to Getting Through It, where we're here to help you get through it. I'm John Bwery, and as always, I'm with disaster scientist, Dr. Lucy Jones. Welcome back to all our regular listeners. We're glad you're with us today. And to those who are listening for the first time, welcome. This podcast is a project of the Dr. Lucy Jones Center for Science and Society and is supported by individual sponsors. Whether you're a first-time listener or a regular, would you consider sponsoring this podcast for as little as $5 a month? Because that's how it continues to be there for you week after week. It's simple. Just go to patreon.com and search Dr. Lucy Jones. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com. And now let's get to it. Lucy, as you were retiring from the USGS back in 2016, and even before that, you started using the title disaster scientist along with seismologist because your work had taken you into other spaces beyond just earthquakes. Disaster science can mean a lot of things, but fundamentally, it's about understanding disasters and what they do to us. So let's start there today. What is a disaster? This is actually a strongly debated question. How far back do you want me to go to answer it? Well, I read your book, The Big Ones. So let's go back to the beginning as you do in your book. Okay. The original word, disaster, was something that had been written in the stars. It means ill-starred. So it was something bad that happened to a lot of people. You know, the fate of one peasant doesn't make it to the stars. That's really not the way it's used today, though, right? It's not the fate of something that, that's bad. We think about disasters. We think about the government response to disasters, right? There's these federal declarations of disasters. Uh, they're designations made on government terminology. That's what we talk about disasters. Yeah, but what gets the government to use the term? First, you do need to affect a lot of people. If your house burns down along with a lot of other people, you get government aid. If your house burns down by itself, oh, well, you're screwed. <laughs> but it's not just that, right? Disaster declarations are a specific process that start with a local city requesting aid from their county, that then requests from the state and then to the federal government. It's all based on smaller jurisdictions' inability to handle what they're facing in the moment. Right. So it needs to be bad enough that the local community can't cope with it. But if you're the one whose house burnt down, isn't it a disaster to you? Right, because you can't cope. You will notice that if you had insurance, you would be able to cope, which is a reflection that advanced planning, mitigation, and financial reserves are all tools to prevent disasters. The weird part here is that if you do a good job of preparing for disaster, you actually prevent it and then you don't need the help. So unfortunately, this can be a system that rewards bad planning. Speaking of bad planning, let's get back to government for just a second. You said before <laughs> that government and policymakers do a great job of responding to the disaster we just had from what they actually experienced. Sometimes though, these emergencies are so slow, like a drought, that we're responding mid-disaster. Like the current pandemic, right? We're, it's such a long drawn out experience that we still are, quote, responding six, nine, 12 months later. You've brought up a good point about timing. We have a strong bias towards seeing disasters in what we call rapid onset events. An earthquake or a flood is a sudden change in the state of affairs. And that feels harder to manage. You, the surprise factor comes in there. I think of a federal official I heard quoted 
as they were responding to Katrina, saying no one could have imagined this. But in fact, FEMA had sponsored a report published the year before saying what would happen when a hurricane struck New Orleans and basically describing everything that had just happened. So how do you recommend we look at disasters then? What should we be thinking about? I think it's important to realize that although our emotional response implies sudden onset, the impact on society really does not depend on the timing. You know, we talked before about geologic time and how the long time between disasters keeps us from planning. Yeah, that was episode 15 for those who haven't listened to it, where we talked about how natural processes uh, that result in disasters operate at a different time scale than we like or can usually manage. That was episode 15. You know, the pandemic has brought a different aspect of time into focus for me, the time it takes for the disaster itself to happen. And I've started thinking about disasters as falling across a spectrum of time. You know, earthquakes happen in a minute, a tornado in a half an hour, uh, a flood in a week, a wildfire maybe a few weeks, a volcanic eruption might go to a few months. And then you have things like droughts and the pandemic that are going on over a year or more. And if you keep on going, you can think of climate change in the same spectrum just happening over a century. And the longer it takes for the disaster itself to happen, the more difficult it is for us to see the impact. When it's no longer news, and how long does that take? Two days or, or for a really big disaster, maybe a, a week or a few? When it's no longer news, we are just not as afraid and we don't respond in the same way. So a disaster is this thing that affects a group of people or the environment over some time period. It may not be immediate, but it could be. Right. And we all need to be aware that the longer it takes, the slower the disaster, the less we consider it to be one. But the physical reality, what losses we have experienced, doesn't change because of that time. So the pandemic has caused more death than any other disaster in American history already by far, and it's not over. But we are beaten down by all the time that has passed, and we're losing track of the damage that has been done. So how do we make sure we don't forget that we don't get beaten down when it comes to the pandemic or even climate change? By bringing that rational brain into the process and not just the emotional response. You know, we've talked before about we see risk with two parallel systems, one experiential and emotional and one analytical. And here's a place where you need to take a pause and go, wait, let's look at the analytical side and really keep track. We shouldn't stop documenting what the pandemic has done to us. We've got to not just accept it because it's already there. I think this is what makes you a disaster scientist, Lucy, right? The idea that you know not just your, your finite space of seismology, but you look at the impacts that an earthquake could have and other disasters could have and how we react as a society. And you, along with thousands of others in dozens of fields, are studying what might happen to our society, whether it's sudden onset or those long, slow disasters. And, you know, by looking at them together, we find the commonalities. And it means that we can learn something from an earthquake and apply it to a pandemic and be better off. Let's leave it with that, that we can learn from the earthquake to serve us in other disasters. 
Until next time, I'm John Bwery with Dr. Lucy Jones and you getting through it. Getting Through It is a production of the Dr. Lucy Jones Center for Science and Society. Visit us online to get past shows and become a sponsor at patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com and search Dr. Lucy Jones. Our music is performed by Josh Lee and this closing music is written by our own Dr. Lucy Jones.